Hey guys, welcome back to Big Lezzers League and all a rugby league experience. Welcome to part two of episode one of the halftime chat with Lee Addison. As I said before, great chat. Really, really enjoyed myself and I hope that you guys enjoy this chat as much as I did. We're going into part two now, which is the Canberra Raiders and geez, we had a lot to say about Canberra. So make sure you sit back, make sure you relax and enjoy. Moving on to the next team, the Canberra Raiders. Any starting thoughts on the Canberra Raiders you'd like to share? Anything you're thinking about the Canberra Raiders this season? I just think this is this is Ricky Stewart's club. So St. George is becoming Anthony Griffin's club for as long as they want to stick with him. I think Ricky Stewart has got a job for, for life at Canberra Raiders. He was a legend there as a player. He grew up around there. Um, you've got some Canberra legends in the administration at, at Canberra. I think this is Ricky Stewart's club. Um, I'm close with Adam Elliott. I used to I used to coach him, and he's moved there from the Dogs, and he speaks glowingly about Ricky, about the culture. Canberra have been very, well, mostly consistent over the last five or six years. I think the big key for Canberra this year. The late, great Pete Mulholland was a great recruitment man. There's some good kids there and they're just going to start to come through now. He's been a recruitment guy there. He, he was a recruitment guy there for a while before he before he sadly passed. And he's one of the best in the business, if not the best in the business. And if you look at every team Pete Mulholland has been a recruitment guy for, their juniors go well and end up turning into plenty of them turn into good first graders. So when you're analysing this squad, Les, when you're analysing any squad in the competition, what you've got to throw in because of the amount of injuries you get in the competition these days is what good youngsters have they got coming through. And I'm telling you now, if I was building a club from scratch, if I was Redcliffe and Pete Mulholland was still around, I reckon that would have been one of the first calls that that Wayne Bennett would have made to, re- to get recruitment going there because... He was damn good at what he did. And I just think there's going to be so much happen that we don't know about with Canberra Raiders this year. There's going to be kids come through and you're going to think, where's this kid come from? Yeah, it's very interesting for Canberra. There's a few young guns in that squad that I quite like. One of them being Xavier Savage, and we'll get to him in a second. Yep. Um, yep. But we'll go through, I'll go through this table just quickly. The signings that they have for this year, uh, Jamal Fogarty, they've got Nick Kotrick back to the club, Adam Elliott we just spoke about, and Peter Hollow is a front rower um, from North Queensland that they picked up, and he was in one of the trial games last week, and I thought he went quite well, took some tough carries, um, and played quite well there. Uh, losses for the club, uh, Caleb Aikens, he was a fullback there, I think he's gone to Penrith, Sevilla uh, Havili obviously um, went to South, which I'm very happy about as a South supporter myself. I reckon <laughs> he's an awesome player, um, Havili. Um, I'm interested to see how he goes and where they put him. Ryan James, I really like Ryan James. Real good experience in the front row. I think it's a great uh, – losses. This is losses. What am I talking about? Um, 
Ryan Ryan James. He's gone off to Brisbane. Um, and mm. it's a good pickup for them. A lot of good experience in the front row. I think he'll play a mm. really crucial bench spot coming off and just laying a platform. Uh, Demanis Louis, I'm not actually sure where he's gone. I know he's been in conversations with a few clubs, but uh, I think he's a free agent at the moment from what I'm hearing. Okay. Uh, Curtis Scott, I think he's going to Parramatta, but there's a lot of going on with him at the moment. He's in the, been in the media a lot, so... Not sure how that one's going. I think he's uh, had an investigation under him in the past few months as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Bailey Simonson, Parramatta, really good pickup from them. I think he's just got so much X factor and ability, and he'll definitely be one of those guys that we'll be analysing when we talk about Parramatta in the coming weeks. Um, Soliola just retired as well. Really good front rower there. He started off his career at centre and moved to the front row, and he did well in all of those positions that he played. I think he was a great player. And then George Williams, obviously going home to England as well. The win-loss ratio was 10 wins and 14 losses. Key players for me, Chance Nickel Klockstad, Xavier Savage, Jamal Fogarty, Jack Whiten. Any other key players that you would chuck in there or your thoughts on the key players that I've got? Don't forget, Croker only played one third of the season last year. You could almost put him in the left column again as a new signing because mm. he's had to re replan the way he trains. He's had some bigger surgery in the off season. He's had to go about things differently. You're a young man, mate. I'm a lot older than you. When you get to about thirty-one, even if you don't play professional rugby league, your body does change on you. So he's he's adapted. He's an exceptional professional, um, and. I also think he's been the spiritual heartbeat of Canberra for a long time. I think he'll come back, hopefully all guns blazing in some way or another. Don't be surprised if he ends up changing position, going somewhere as an interchange back rower or something like that. He's just a he's a great footballer. He's one of those I always wondered why he never played Origin, at least a couple of times. Um, so that's somebody that really in- interests me. When I look at the losses, there's nothing that much that jumps out to me as being somebody that they'll really, really miss. Um, what, I don't know if you remember, Les, but last year there was also quite a bit in the media about players being unhappy and it, mm. a few things leaking. Earlier on, I said it's Ricky Stewart's club and the, the Ferners are involved at the club as well and have been traditionally. My impression is you don't mess with the Canberra I won't call them the mafia. That's a bit strong, but it's a bit like that. I think, I think the club is bigger than anybody there, and you've got some real big personalities who are running the show there. And I think some of the stuff that came out um, around certain players, and I think from memory, George Williams was one of them, and um, Bateman, who's back at Wigan now. Uh, see you later. Would have been their attitude, and if you're not, if you don't want to be part of the of the solution and you're part of the problem, off you go. And I think I think it's a damn good club down there. And I think that even though they've dropped off out of the title contention the last couple of years, they've not gone into free fall. They still get wins when you least expect them to. So nobody wants to play a Ricky Stewart Canberra team in Canberra a week after they've just lost a game. Because one thing that Ricky can do is pull the pull the heartstrings of his players and talk about Canberra with pride. And 
I just think they're going to be there or thereabouts again. It's a good roster. Adam Elliott, I know I'm biased. His career is going to go from strength to strength now. Uh, as long as he was at the Bulldogs, the Bulldogs weren't a very successful team. Canberra have had some success recently. They've been in a grand final only a couple of years ago. They do have what it takes to get there in terms of mentality, in terms of the core group of players. I think Adam Elliott is a great signing. Nick, Nick Kotrick has gone back for a reason. Um, he's obviously was previously there. The interesting one is Jamal Fogarty. Now, if you look at Jamal Fogarty's career, he was a massive late bloomer. He basically came through the Queensland Cup. Um, he's only been playing first grade for a short time, really. People like that, you know, Les, they've got massive hearts and they've got massive amounts of drive and determination. So Jamal Fogarty is a really interesting signing. And even though Canberra fans might have wanted a bigger name in that position, Jamal Fogarty is going to be going into this season with loads to prove because that's how he's had to play his football for the last decade. And he can really put his stamp on this team. When you look at the right side, I'm a massive Nickel Clockstad fan. Um, Jack White, and I'm a huge fan. Um, that'll be interesting to see how he does link in with Fogarty there. Xavier Savage, I was privy to seeing him as a kid. And it was pretty special. And that is straight away, that is a Pete Mulholland special right there. That's, you know, he would have fought off several other recruiters to get say, Xavier Savage to that club. And he is going to be their X Factor. What X Factor players do is they turn the tight games into wins. And I just think the fixture list, when you're playing Canberra away, it's never the nicest place to go to particularly bad in the middle of July when it's snowing. I think they're going to creep up the ladder a bit again this year. Yeah, I can't disagree with you there. It's um, it's a pretty decent side. And just to touch on Jamal Fogarty and Jack Whiten as well, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how they link up. For me, I think Jamal Fogarty is going to be that guy, be that seven that's going to take control of the side, sort of like he did at the Titans, and say, oh, I'm going to steer this ship around. And then you've got a guy like Jack Whiten who is going to be that X factor and it frees him up to just play footy. I think that's yeah. sort of the reason that Jamal has been signed. He's 27 yeah. now, I think, Jamal. Um, yeah. And he's played a lot of junior footy as well, which is sometimes a good thing as well. You sort of get used yeah. to um, different combinations that are coming through. Um, but I really like Jamal Fogarty, and I think that he's going to do wonders for Jack Whiten. What are your thoughts on, on that combination? How do you think that's going to go? What type of player do you think Jamal Fogarty is and Jack Whiten? I, you know, I, I think what you just said in that he'll be playing a bit of a foil for Jack Whiten. When Jack Whiten wants the ball, he'll get it off him kind of thing. We've got to throw somebody else in there, mate. Hodgson at, at, the, at, the, at the base of the rook. I mean, he's a very creative hooker. Hodgson, and I really like him. And that triumvirate there is is quite a lot of. Um, it will per personally, in Whiten and Hodgson, I think there won't be an NRL team with maybe one or two exceptions that wouldn't want those two in the nine and six jumper. Um, 
Fogarty is interesting, but I think in that triumvirate, you can afford to have somebody who's less less uh, high profile and less lauded so that they don't really try and outdo each other <laughs> around the around the decision-making. So, uh, I get positive vibes about Cronulla, uh, Canberra, and um, I get positive vibes about Cronulla too, but I get positive vibes about Canberra. I don't think Jamal Fogarty is going to be a failure. Um, I think he's going to be not a bad signing because I like the fact that he's had to fight for everything. Um, and I agree with you. I think it could bring, bring Jack White into another level because what's also got to happen too, I mean, there's a fair bit of experience left the club in that in that column. So um, people like Jack White and Hodgson, Adam Elliott. I mean, I think Adam Elliott was in line to be the the Bulldogs captain if things didn't go south off the field. And I think you know these guys have got to step up now and really drive things, particularly if Croker isn't a hundred percent fit, which is still going to be a worry, isn't it, going into the season? Yeah, Jared Croker is a real worry for me. Um... I really liked Jared Croker and the form he had that 2019 and then the 2020 season as well, I thought was quite good. I really liked Jared Croker even before that as well. The yeah. it was You could consider him one of the best centers in that competition at that time, just for the 100%. little things that he did. Um, and even the goal kicking, the goal kicking was superb and a big part. Yeah. Um, of and just- you've, got rem- you've got to remember with goal kicking, Les, that you actually get two points for it. And people, you know, this wins games and missing them can cost you games. And we tend to forget that when we're analysing teams and Croker's kick ratio is pretty good. He could nail them from everywhere, particularly on a cold night in the middle of in the middle of winter. Another person we've not spoken about who I think is one is one of my favourite front rowers, Josh Papalihi. Um, they've got a really good pack, Canberra, and they've got a lot of competition in the back line. Um, and I just think having a half like Fogarty, who just plays as a bit more of a pivot, somebody who gets the ball there when it's needed there, rather than tries to be the star of the show, I think it's the perfect balance. So I'm all for I'm all for tipping Canberra for the eight this year. Yeah, I think they make the eight as well, just with the squad they have. For me, it sort of depends on one how Jamal Fogarty and Jack Whiten go, and two, are they got to sort out who's at one because Sticky sort of. Hasn't really given us much of a clue who's playing the one jersey, Chance or Xavier Savage. Um, we know that Chance is obviously filling in the centre role if Jared mm. isn't 100% as well. So um, mm. it'll be very interesting to see how Sticky puts that side together. If you're, I think it's win-win. Yeah, I think, yeah. If you're, if you're Sticky, though, would you rather be confident in Charles Nickel Klockstad and sort of bring Xavier Savage through maybe some games off the bench and slowly sort of bring him into the NRL? Or would you be confident in Xavier Savage, chuck him at fullback or somewhere else in that side, maybe move Charles to the centres? What? How would you approach um, bringing Xavier Savage through? I'm a massive, if they're good enough, throw them in. So everybody who's seen Xavier Savage play knows that he could be playing Origin in no time at all. Um, something like Reese Walsh last year and Gus was saying he's not ready for origin. That's absolute boulder dash, if you ask me. I mean, who am I to question Gus's origin thoughts? I think I think he did have a bit of vested interest, though, for the Warriors. So, look, we need our stars in the game. Xavier Savage is a star. I think he's going to provide a lot of X-factor. Look, the Canberra Raiders in general have a really good forward pack, a lot of competition in the back line. 
you know, you've just spoken there. Who, who's going to who's going to get picked out of Clockstad and Savage at fullback? I mean, what what an embarrassment of riches in many ways, you know. Um, I don't think when you've got a good pack and an outstanding back line, all you need is somebody to get the ball to them at the right time. And I think all the, all the ingredients are there. They just need to stay as injury-free as possible. The other question around Canberra is the depth. But again, as I said earlier, with Pete Mulholland, the late Pete Mulholland having recruited a lot of this side, you can almost bet your left you-know-what that, that he will have some juniors ready to come through. Yeah, for sure. Canberra have definitely have a lot of juniors coming through. Xavier Savage just being one of them. Mm. It'd be very interesting to see how, uh, how Sticky does use Xavier. Personally, look, I think they, I wouldn't say it was a mistake, but I think they sort of brought, for an example, going talking about the Roosters, they, I think they brought Sam Walker in a bit too early. He's a bit of a light fella. He's only 80, 70 to 80 kilos. Um, so he's not a big boy. And they brought him in against a bunch of men. And I think he's definitely got the potential to play in the NRL. But they, I think they could have kept him in reserve grade for a little bit longer just to sort of get him ready for the NRL. Um, uh, I think I think the difference there is that you're not going to be asking Xavier Savage to steer the team around. Yeah, you're going to be asking him to finish things off, or to organise a defence, or to um, pop up in places and play with a bit more of a free spirit. So I think that's the difference there. And again, as a coach, I'm a bit more throw them in, throw them in, because you can all you can always take them out again. Yeah, you know, like, a, um, and you can put them back in reserve grade. That's always an option. That's always an option. And as long as they know that they go in with no pressure, they've got a great career ahead of them, regardless of what happens. Not to make it feel like it's the end of the world if they don't survive after a few rounds. Take the pressure off them. Let them play. Uh, surely you want a team with all those players in, you know, and uh, big players. Big players need to be on the big stage, is my opinion. Yeah, it's um, oh, I totally agree, and yeah, as I said, it is going to be very interesting there uh, how they use Xavier Savage. I know you said you weren't really concerned with the losses and they wouldn't impact them uh, in a big way, but if just looking at this list, is there anyone that really sort of stands out to you? Ryan James is obviously somebody who I respect a lot. Um, got the impression he didn't always settle at that club, though. Um, the Curtis Scott scenario has been unpleasant. You know, whatever the rights or wrongs or the the issues around it, it's just not good. You don't want that around your club. Um, George Williams is an interesting one, too, because he was in such a pivotal role. Um, so in many ways that's taken a big chunk of what they were doing in 2021 out of the door. So, um, look, you never want to see a bigger a bigger loss column than signing column. You want to try and make them equal. But like I said, in this signings column, Les, you've got a big black space there underneath Peter Holler. In that, you could almost put some reserve graders and youth players. Because mm. Pete Mulholland's been there for a long time. So... In a salary cap sport, you, 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 what you've got to replace the big guys with is always the important thing. 
Yeah. Um, look, I think even though the losses column is bigger than the signings column, I think the signings that they ha- have made, and, and as you said, the guys coming through as well, it sort of does make it a- uh, equal. So I honestly what, can't wait to see how Canberra go. Uh, what, be- what, what we don't know as well, being the outsiders looking in, I mean, I do get a few insights talking to some players, so I do sort of understand what goes on, but we don't know of these players that have been moved on or have decided to go, we don't know which of those didn't fit the Canberra culture. Hmm didn't say the right things, didn't have the right attitude to training, didn't have the um, the right approach to looking after their bodies or team-first mentality. We don't know that. I imagine, and I've been in Ricky's company, Ricky has a very clear vision of what kind of person he wants at the club, what kind of game plan he has and what kind of attitude he wants his players to have. Ricky Stewart's the kind of guy that you'd want in the trench with you if he wasn't playing and you'd want him coaching. And he's obviously a big rugby league brain too. So um, in that losses column, you just we just don't know how many of them didn't fit that mould. I'm not saying any of them didn't fit that mould. I'm just saying we don't know. And we don't know, you know, there may be a lot of what Ricky Stewart sees as not the right mould going out the door and he might be happy with it. Yeah, he's a he's a very big standards guy, Ricky. From watching mm. that documentary that came out about him, uh, I think it was the start of this year, or maybe the end of last. Oh, not the, the start of last year or the end of the year before. There was a doco that came out about him and his career. Obviously, that terrible head injury that he got um, when he went to the Bulldogs, and then into coaching as well when he was coaching yeah. so forth. You could just tell from watching him as a coach, the things that he was saying about different clubs, he was such a standards guy. He wants yeah. a specific type of player around. And if that's not the guy, then he's just not going to inquire. He's the very, very standards-based type of guy. And mm. I think mm. the players that he's got at the club now sort of from the outside, as again, from the outside looking in, we don't know for sure, but from the outside looking in, it, it seems like a club that Ricky would be very – uh, confident about as well. Yeah. Um, J- Jamal Fogarty would fit that mould perfectly that you're talking about with Ricky because he's had to fight for everything in the game, Jamal Fogarty. He didn't get it handed to him on his pl- on a plate. If you look at his... He was an Australian schoolboy, so in theory he was ready to go to the mm. next level then, but he's had to work his way through the Queensland Cup. I know so many players, Queensland Cup, who just give up after a while because they have a family or work commitments or whatever it may be. He stuck it out, stuck it out, stuck it out. And he's had a couple of years at the Titans and now he's got a chance to to put his stamp on this club. And um, yeah, I'm really interested. Look, you never want to play Ricky's Canberra. You never do. It's not a fixture you look at and think there's an easy two points. Because mm. Ricky, t- Des Hasler and Ricky Stewart are two of the best coaches to get a performance out of a team at any point. And maybe maybe Belly Ake as well. You know, they can have the worst team in the competition, but they, they find it very hard to get the wooden spoon because... They front up most weeks. Yeah, it's um, yeah, uh, it's just a huge um, standards club, and they've got some great players in there as well. The thing that really like confuses me about the Jamal Fogarty situation as well is that there's you hear of so many other wingers, centers, big players in the back line debuting, and there's plenty of those, and it's because they've got so many of them. Whereas you look at halves, there's a very, I wouldn't say a scarcity, but there isn't many halves coming through. And you sort of... People forget. 
Sorry, sorry, Les. So I thought yeah. you finished. Sorry. Um, like even Cooper Cronk, he mm. wasn't a halfback when he came into the competition. Turned to one of the best halfbacks um, that there ever was, to be honest, mm. in my opinion. I reckon he's definitely one of the best. Jerome Hughes as well. You look at what the Melbourne mm. Storm have done with him. A lot of the calves that do come into the competition tra- sort of transition into that role. Um, whereas um, Jamal, Fogarty's, uh, Jamal Fogarty's been a half full-time. So the fact that he hasn't got had a debut until he was 26, 27 really stands out for me. I think one thing that we all brush over all the time, well, apart from me because I bring it up all the time, hmm. is that the game switched from five metres in 1992, 93 to 10 metres. Now, once you create that big distance between the two teams, your half actually doesn't have to have as much skill to break a defence down. They actually have to steer the team around more, um, no recognised rooks, know when to get the ball wider, etc. Under five metres, they used to have to produce trick plays to try and break the defence down. I think one of the reasons we've not had as many halves knock around is because so many of the recruiters and the coaches are trying to coach the wrong game. They're still trying to coach and look at the game when it's five metres away. Your half isn't as important as it used to be, in my opinion. You, it, I mean, if you've got a pack that is good at going forward, remember the South Sydney team that won the 2014 comp? It was basically the Burgess boys and whoever else was in the pack, Isaac Luke scooting out the back of it, and Reynolds, and this will link in nicely to our next club, kicking them the opposition to death. And... That's because that's because that's how the game is. If you've got a good pack that can get your goal forward, it's very hard to control momentum going against you. And therefore, a half really, in a lot of senses, just needs to get the ball to where it needs to be, or a lot more than they used to. So Fogarty can play second fiddle to Hodgson, to White, and it might be the perfect signing. It literally might be the perfect signing. You don't. To win the NRL, I don't think you need a half that's great. You need enough knowledge around the team. You can have a half that just knows how to kick, knows how to pass, knows how to steer them around a paddock. You know, is Jack White going to be controlling that team and Hodgson or is Fogarty going to be? And I I think we know the answer to that one. (laughs) Yeah, I think Fogarty's going to play a huge part in Canberra's success. And I think they're going to have a lot of it. I think that they're going to be a really... Uh, it's going to be one of those teams where you're going to see sort of switch modes going from the team that nearly won the comp to the team that we thought we're going to win the comp. We're trying to win the comp again. And somehow something happened uh, and they were closer to the bottom than they were at the top. Yeah. I think this year it's going to be the opposite where they're sort of starting to climb their way back up uh, and become one of those finals teams again. And I think they've definitely got the potential. Analyze some of their results last year, and they were really close games. I mean, the amount of games that Raiders seem to lose, 2018 or something like that, you know, it's uh, they're quite easy to turn around. If you lose by two points, it means you can win by two points the week after. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I've i got to be careful because I'll, I'll end up putting too many teams in the top eight. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think Canberra will be up there, mate. Well, we can change the rules for you. We'll make or we'll get call up Andrew Abdo. We'll make it the top sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, they're, they're going to, I reckon they're going to do that one day anyway. They want to keep extending the final series. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, look, looking at Canberra right now, outside looking in, 
it looks like a very successful year for them. Um, any last words you'd like? To, anything you'd like to add to Canberra? I don't think they're going to win the comp. I don't think they're going to threaten to win the comp. I do think they're going to stop some others winning the comp, though. Yeah, I agree there. Uh, it's going to be a big year for Canberra, uh, and I definitely think they'll make the top uh, the top eight for sure. Um, mm. But I reckon it's as I said, they're going to be the new Newcastle in the sense that they'll be one of those teams that sort of scrape their way in. <laughs> Well, that's it for part two, guys. I really hope you enjoyed that one. In part three, we'll be talking about the Brisbane Broncos, which is definitely a chat that's worth it. So make sure you go and have a listen to that one. But for now, thank you for choosing Big Luzzers League and all rugby league experience. Recommend this podcast to a friend. If you don't already, go and follow Lee Addison at the Rugby League Coach on Instagram and on YouTube. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next one. Well,